1: This is Cruise Radio.
2: Now more than ever, you should consider Trip Insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at TripInsurance.com.
3: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio.
2: Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. Staff writer Richard Sims is standing by in San Juan, Puerto Rico, just chilling on his balcony, waiting for us to connect to him to talk to us about his initial thoughts of Carnival's Mardi Gras up there in that Excel suite. So we'll punch him up in just a couple of moments. Our listener question comes from Jamie this week and Matt Hochberg from the Royal Caribbean blog is here to answer Jamie's question about testing her young one because Royal Caribbean is about to start requiring kids two to 11 to get that PCR test and no longer an antigen test. And Walter stops by. He's going to give us his review of Norwegian Jade. He did a seven night cruise in the Mediterranean in the Haven suite. He's also bawling like Richard in the Excel suite, but the Haven's probably a little more elevated. So we look forward to talking to Walter in just a little bit as well. Cruise Radio News, you know where to find it. Five days a week, just opposite of this channel. Or check out the Cruise Radio YouTube channel. Jumping now to staff writer Richard Sims using that blazing fast Carnival Premium Wi-Fi. Hey, buddy.
0: Hey, Doug. Thank God for Wi-Fi. What would we do if we had to disconnect?
2: It's a blessing and a curse, but a blessing right now because we can connect with you a thousand miles away from us here at the studio. This is your very first cruise in uh, in about two years. You're on Carnival Mardi Gras. You're on a seven-night cruise out of Port Canaveral. Give us a lowdown, man. How was it stepping across that gangway for the first time in two years?
0: I'm not going to lie. There were tears. And I was a little embarrassed at first, but I looked around and saw I wasn't the only person. There were a lot of people who were feeling the same kind of emotional rush of just realizing that, you know, this is my happy place. And I have really wasn't quite. I knew I knew I was. I knew I was missing it, and I knew I was sort of suffering because of it, but I don't think I was aware quite how it would hit me when I walked into the atrium and realized, yeah, I'm here. I'm going on a cruise.
2: You know what got me was that over the past 18 months or so, we've been writing just all this negative – and not because we wanted to, but because it was all negative cruise news between yourself, Sarah, and me – and I think walking across the bridge for the, or not the bridge, the gangway for the first time, it was like, wow, there's actually light at the end of the tunnel that we've been talking about forever. And it sounds like you went through the same thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and it's not just walking on the ship. You keep having those moments, like when we arrived in San Juan and I got to watch the sail in, or when I, you know, went to Guy's Burgers for the first time, or I got to try big chicken. You know, um, there's so many things that just trigger that response and it's been happening over and over again all week long what's the vibe
2: like on board any capacity numbers how are the guests behaving themselves
0: I have been told we're around 84 percent, and we got a little bit of boost at the last minute because you'll remember that right before I got on this ship in uh, Port or in Port Canaveral, Carnival Horizon had canceled a bunch of sailings, and some people were able to actually transfer onto here. So we ended up getting a little bit more than we probably would have had normally. Um, but you know, this is such a big ship that it really does sort of swallow people. You know, the, the the crowds. The only time I've really noticed uh, and and it's felt like a lot of people was on formal night, whether it's in front of the Christmas tree or at the bottom of the, you know, the, the beautiful staircase or that kind of thing. So that night was very overwhelming and I know the um, the dining rooms were really packed. I ended up deciding Despite the fact that I was all dressed up, I skipped going to a dining room and actually went to Emerald's, which was empty. No one was no one was dining there because it was formal night and had an amazing meal at Emerald's instead.
2: My doctor is sailing this week and I told him to look out for you. Have you ran into him yet?
0: I have run into your doctor and his wife. They are very, very nice people. They have nothing but good things to say about you. He uh, said that you should be in pretty good health and <laughs> we had drinks at the Brass Monkey, which was a lot of fun. And we're going to actually try and hook up later in the week because he and his wife want to come up and see my suite.
2: That is the Brass Magnolia, I believe, not Brass Monkey. But I guess it could be called Brass Monkey too.
0: Yes. (laughs) No, you are completely right. It is the Brass Magnolia. Hey, you know, This is a new ship with a lot of new things on it. Even, you know, Carnival likes to, whenever they introduce a ship, there's always at least one or two new things on it that you haven't seen or you haven't tried or you haven't heard of. This ship has so many of them. I'm realizing, you know, I have uh, today and then I have two sea days after this. And I am realizing that even eating as much as I do, I am not going to be able to hit all of the places (laughs) on here. I'm trying not to go anywhere twice. I'm trying to, you know, to, to every day make sure I'm hitting one or two new spots and i still don't think i'm gonna make it
2: you can do it man i know you can so two more questions here the first one have you
0: ridden bolt yet i haven't now one of the problems with a roller coaster on top of a cruise ship is that it is very dependent on the weather and while we've had beautiful beautiful weather i think we had a little bit of rain earlier this morning but It's been windy and it doesn't operate in wind. So I've had two different reservations cancel on me. I'm hoping that by the next time we talk, um, I will have done that because I really, 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 I'm terrified of it, but I still really want to do it. Second question is, what is it
2: like in that Excel suite living that premium lifestyle for a week?
0: Let me tell you, I don't know how I'm going to go back. (laughs) I really don't. this was you know I sort of decided to treat myself because it is the first cruise I've had in two years and I had lots of cruise credits and various reasons and so I booked one of those corner Excel aft suites that sort of wraps around and it's got a hot tub on the balcony and it's got a day bed and it's got a dining room table and it's got you know two not just loungers they're like these super mega comfy loungers um, it's it's amazing the balcony makes it all worth it the the room itself is very nice it has a living room and it has a separate bedroom with a door and the bathroom is incredible. It has this rain shower that you never want to get out of because it's got not only the rain shower head, but like four other nozzles that are shooting water at you <laughs> like you're in a car wash. It's been incredible
2: living the life richard it's good talking to you my friend staff writer richard sims from his balcony in san juan puerto rico aboard carnival's mardi gras enjoy your last couple days before you get back to reality we'll catch up next week thanks buddy
0: glad to anytime you know that
2: listener question this week comes from jamie royal just changed their testing protocols for non-vaccinated kids starting december 17th we have to have a pcr test within a three-day window while this would be great and sounds easy, those of us at a cruising on December 26th are panicking. It's a Sunday, labs are closed, and the day before Christmas labs will also be closed. CVS told me it would be near impossible. We don't know what to do. We are so confused. And all the parents in our group are freaking out. And you know what, Jamie? We don't need parents freaking out. That's the last thing we need. So we have Matt Hutchberg from the Royal Caribbean blog on the line to help field this question. It
3: is all you, bud. Thanks, Doug, for having me back. And Jamie, this is a really good question. A lot of parents always wondering about these kinds of things, whether it's the holidays or really any time of the year, getting the test done in time. Certainly, Royal Caribbean changing one of the protocols here as it relates to unvaccinated kids. So first and foremost, if you got an adult, let's start with the easy one. You should be getting the at-home tests that Royal Caribbean sells. The at-home tests, which are the Abbott's Binax Now tests that are proctored online, are the easiest, simplest way to do it. And they're available 24-7. Now, it only helps you if you're fully vaccinated, But if you have unvaccinated kids, well, we're back to Jamie's original problem here, which, of course, is over a holiday like, you know, right around Christmas, right? How to get your test done. CVS and Walgreens are certainly great options because you can plan in advance make a reservation, but they're not the only game in town. They're certainly an easy game in town, but there are other options to consider. First and foremost, the airport you may be flying into can offer tests there. They're not cheap, but airport testing facilities are available 24-7 as well, or at least most hours of the day, anyway, and they're open every day of the year because the airport is just a 24 7 kind of business. So you may have options over there. Another option, something that I've done when CVS didn't really work out for our family, is to go to an urgent care locations. Nearly all urgent care locations now can offer COVID testing on site, and they don't usually take reservations in advance. It was simply first come, first serve. So if you're flying into your cruise port at least a day ahead of time, usually you'll have plenty of time to be able to go to one of these urgent care locations and be able to get a test done you may be a little bit of waiting around but at least you get your test done now as it relates to which test is available all you have to be concerned with is if the test is a PCR or NAT test NAAT that's the only thing now, I know there are certain kind of rapid PCR tests and I think those are okay but it just got to make sure it says PCR or a NAT test in order for it to be valid. In the meantime, I would continue to check out places like CVS and Walgreens. Keep in mind, by the way, that Walgreens does not open up their testing options for reservations until about 48 hours beforehand. But look around, see what options are available as you lead up to it. But I would always look at Urgent Care as a fallback option. Call a couple places up, make sure they're open on a holiday. Most are because it's, again, Urgent Care. they got to be open all the time. And I'd have that as your super backup. The airport is probably the super duper backup, and I think you'll be okay.
2: Thank you, Matt. You can email your questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net. If I can't help you, I will find someone who will.
1: Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah. Send an email or voice memo to Doug at
2: cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Walter just returned from a seven-night cruise on Norwegian Jade. He stayed in the Haven. It was a Mediterranean Greek Isles cruise, and he's here to talk all about it. How you doing, Walter?
1: Thank you, Doug. How are you?
2: Very good. Thank you for coming on. And I can't wait to hear all about your experience in the Haven on Norwegian Jade. But before we get to the ship itself, give us some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take that seven-night cruise and fly over to Greece during this uh, unpredictable time? I mean, a lot of people, a lot of Americans at least, wouldn't want to do
3: that.
1: Yes, it did add to the adventure. Well, initially I was supposed to leave on September on the cruise that uh, departed on September 5th. But um, things happened, and I had to cancel that cruise, Unfortunately, fortunately, Norwegian has a peace of mind policy that allows you to cancel and get a credit. And uh, when Delta variants started to pick up in, uh, quite wildly in Europe, many of the prices came down on the cruises, and as a result, I was able to book a cruise at half the price I paid for it at the beginning of September in the middle of October. So um, that's what prompted me to go on this particular cruise.
2: Were you originally booked in the Haven or was it because the price was so low, you're like, you know what, let's just upgrade?
1: I was originally supposed to be in the Haven. The price came down by about 50% six weeks later. So I rebooked at half the price.
2: Got to love that. So you made your way from Boston over to Greece. Was there any prerequisites flying into Greece?
1: Well, you didn't need to be fully vaccinated. Otherwise, you could not enter Greece Um, and you needed to fill out Uh, paperwork, uh, locator forms, I believe they called them, passenger locator forms. So in order to enter Greece, you needed to show them a QR code. At that point, uh, at the airport, they randomly chose, from what I understand, it was one to 2% of those entering Greece uh, for COVID testing right at the airport. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, you were able to just pass through. The whole process was a bit elongated. After leaving the plane, it probably took an hour and a half to two hours to get out of the airport.
2: Gotcha. Did you do any pre-cruise time over there?
1: I spent a couple of days in Athens. Uh, the weather was beautiful. Uh, people were masked inside, not outside. Um, actually got a subway pass for a couple of days and was able to go around the city. But we didn't notice any, any uh, most people did follow the protocols. They had masks um, uh, unless they were outside.
2: Sure. Okay, so you're in Greece. You make your way to the cruise terminal. Now, you have a Haven suite, so was there any kind of priority boarding, or was there, uh, because you had to get the pre-cruise testing and all that, was it pretty level across the board?
1: It is more the latter. There was, I noticed, a small area for people to sit if you were Haven guests, but it really wasn't. You know, honestly, to us, it really didn't matter. Um, So, you'd entered a tent at your um, uh, pre-designated time, and I think we chose maybe 1230. By the way, though, the ship departed Athens that evening at eleven PM. So uh, twelve thirty in the afternoon, we scheduled our tests. And there's a little bit of anxiety around that because obviously if you test positive, all bets are off mm-hmm. and everything you've planned and been excited for just goes right out the window. So you you get swabbed and then you sit in a in a room with a bunch of other people, you're given a number. Um, and then when your number comes up on a, on large television screens that are throughout the tent, uh, you go up to the desk and then that's when you're informed whether you're positive or negative. What a relief when you find out that you're negative yeah. and uh and you're able to board the ship. But it's about a ten minute wait after you get tested.
2: Okay. So then you make your way on board Norwegian Jade. What were your
1: first impressions of the ship? I had been on it before and it was it was just remarkable. I hadn't been on a cruise in in, you know, of course, probably a couple of years at that point. And it was just so nice to be back on the ship. It just looked wonderful. Everything was clean. It, it was just a pleasure to be back on.
2: And for the, because you were in a Haven suite, now how does the Jade, I know how the newer havens are, like on the newer ships, like Encore mm-hmm. and Bliss and everything, but is it set up a little differently on the older ships, or is everything kind of uh, the same? Like you can dine, there's a sun deck and everything right in the same area.
1: There is a sun deck, there's a small pool, there is a hot tub. It's on the 14th, 13th, and 14th floors for the most part of the ship. There is no private restaurant like some of the other ships do have in the Haven, but it it, um, it is completely segregated from the from the rest of the ship. And by the way, another perk of being in the Haven was you're escorted onto the ship by somebody, uh, one of the Haven staff. And at that point, you actually uh, the first thing we did as we boarded the ship was go to a tender station. We had prior to boarding had watched a video, a safety video. We just detested that we did watch the video. Um, and that was all we had to do for the for the uh, for the muster drill. So uh, we boarded the ship, we went to the muster station, we signed in, and then they brought us to uh, Cagney's, which is the restaurant that they use for Haven guests for uh, for lunch during the entire cruise. Could you do breakfast too? You could get breakfast uh, as a Haven guest. That was in the Moderna restaurant, okay. which was which is a stone's throw away from the from Cagney's.
2: All right. And let's talk about your Haven suite and we want to hear all the details.
1: Well, it was terrific. It was, I told you that most of the Haven is on the 13th and 14th floor. This room was actually on the 15th floor. It's the only room on the 15th floor, um, on the J there's actually no other, uh, nothing else is on the 15th floor except this one room. Uh, it's stairway access from the 14th floor. Um, and so it's a, it was a a deluxe owner suite with two large balconies and, um, the balconies overlook the pool, they don't, uh, it, it which 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 is fun. There's a lot of activity, there's not a great deal of noise when the doors are closed. You really don't hear anything, but the room comes with everything you can possibly imagine. You know, there was a, a, a the coffee maker, or a large walk in closet, uh, one and a half baths, <coughs> excuse me, a large uh, bathroom, living room, uh, nice. king sized bed, a, a sofa that pulled out to a bed. I believe it was about uh, with the balconies, they say it's about uh, nine hundred and fifty square feet. So it's it, it's a very large room. Wow! And just perfect. Yeah, it's that's, it's just incredible. That's Absolutely the size of incredible. some. Of, that's
2: big. That's twice the size of some apartments in New York City.
1: Yes, yes, and and here in Boston as well. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's so cool. So let's talk about dining on this seven night cruise, and uh, we'll start with the the buffet area. The uh, I forgot what Norwegian calls it off the top of my head, but how was that area?
1: Well, they made a real effort to make sure that everything was constantly cleaned. One of the differences on this particular cruise was as you walked into the uh, to the buffet, it wasn't so much they sprayed your hands. You actually had to go over to a sink. There was a, a set of two sinks. You actually had to wash your hands, and there were people there making sure that you did follow those instructions. So you, you had to wash your hands with soap and water prior to getting into the buffet itself uh there was very little the the only things that were self-serve were already plated so you could grab a plate if there was food on it otherwise you know they served you and it worked well the shift from what i understand was about 45 percent full so there was never uh that many people in the buffet when i saw it uh and everything seemed to work very well there was never a line at the sinks to wash your hands never a line to get into the buffet but it was done really well. I mean, they did a really uh, a lot, obviously a lot of planning, and a very nice job was done. So um, it, it was, terrific. and the food was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't cut down on any of the food as a result of the you know the smaller crowds, and it was very well done. Which
2: specialty restaurants did you do on this seven night?
1: Well, we went to Cagnes, we went to Le Bistro uh, La Cucina. We actually went to Cagnes a couple of times. Interestingly, uh, where there were not very many people on this ship. You know, you weren't, You never felt that uh, you were being pushed out or rushed out because sometimes you do feel that way, I think, to make room for the next group because typically there was not a next group coming in. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, at La Cucina one night, we had reservations at 7 o'clock, and I believe it was a Wednesday or Thursday night. There were only four tables of people in the restaurant. Wow. So, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, you could sit, you could relax, you weren't on top of each other. All of the tables in these restaurants were spaced such that, um, you know, you had a, a, an element of privacy that typically you didn't get pre-COVID. I'm sure it'll go back to what sure. it was before at some point. But so, you know, that was somewhat nice not to uh, uh, be sitting so in close proximity to others.
2: Yeah. Walter, do you only cruise in Norwegian or do you cruise them all?
1: I've only cruised Norwegian and I I've done the Haven several times. I just mm-hmm. like the privacy that it offers and yeah. and the freestyle dining is really what what uh, what does it for us?
2: With Cagney's, Le Bistro and Cucina, which one was your favorite?
1: Well, Cagney's is the old standard, a uh, good place to go and you know, you always get a good steak and the and the service is good and but they were all very good. The food was very good. At Le Bistro, uh the service and the food were good. I had a uh Dover sole that was outstanding at Le Bistro, and I had an Italian dish at, at La Cucina that was very good as well.
2: I'm curious, every, what are they the, serving the, you for the, breakfast uh, up there in the Brazilian steakhouse for the Haven guests? Are you getting steak and eggs?
1: <laughs> I think that was offered, but no, nice. I didn't partake in the steak and eggs. I just typically got some eggs and, you know, the standard breakfast, eggs and bacon, but you're right, they do offer steak and eggs there. Okay. <laughs>
2: I know Norwegian doesn't call them main dining rooms, but how was your experience in their main dining room setting?
1: There was plenty of room in the dining rooms, even at prime dining times. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Norwegian has a, a, these computer screens are around uh, the ship telling you the availability in each of the restaurants at designated times. There was availability everywhere on the ship at all times, uh, except for teppanyaki, which is sort of a hibashi type st- uh, steakhouse. But um, so, yeah, the um, uh, the main dining room had plenty of availability. You walked up, got a table. um, And again, you weren't seated in close proximity to others. So you you could have a conversation that wasn't overheard. Uh, It it was just a nice experience. It really was a good experience. And the food was very good. Very good.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask you what your thoughts were of the food in the main dining room against the other places on
1: board. You know, um, you know, you, I think you expect the specialty restaurants to be a cut above. I'm not so sure that that's the case, but the, the sp- food in the specialty restaurants is very good and it is a different menu, but the food in the main dining room is very good as it is in the buffet. I, I you know, I don't think you can go wrong. Um, you know, there might be a, a, a couple of misses here and there with maybe one of the side dishes, but overall the food is quite good. Did you do any room service? I did not. No. The uh, we, we didn't do any at all, although that does come with uh, staying in the Haven. But, you know, it is nice to be out among, uh, you know, groups of people and to be, you know, it, dining alone is fine if you're in a rush or something or if you're leaving for for an excursion early in the morning. But, you know, it's nice to be in a dining room. At least that's the way we look at it um, in the evening. So uh, so no, we didn't. Although the you do have a butler assigned to each of the rooms in the Haven. They bring up every day afternoon snacks, which might consist of sandwiches, fruit. So there's always food in the room. You know, there's always there's always snacks or food coming up and um, but no formal room service. No,
2: this may be a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I've never had a butler before, so. The butler is pretty much like your own concierge. Like, will will a butler like unpack and pack for you and shine your shoes if you want to send them off and things like that?
1: I think that they do do that. I have seen the list of things that you can ask them to do, and I think that that was among them. Honestly, Doug, that, that's a little bit too pretentious for for us, but sure. I, you know, I mean, some people may like that. Um, we didn't really use the butler to, uh, uh, to the extent that other people do bringing up snacks every day is fine. Some people like particular snacks, maybe pots of coffee. They do do room service, but to answer your question, yes, they will do. They'll make sure that your clothes are ironed, ironed, if that's what you need, okay. that sort of thing. Um, it was just nice to have somebody come up and pay some personal attention and ask questions and say hello and have a contact. And, and, and that's really all we need. That satisfied sure. um, our need for the Butler. So, yeah, absolutely.
2: So let's talk about entertainment on this seven night cruise. Uh, what did you think of it?
1: I thought it was pretty good. Um, a, a couple of the shows, one of the shows that they had, I think the main show was called blazing boots, which is sort of a country and Western uh, sh- uh musical show. Um, but I, but I must tell you uh, it was, it was again, a very uh, surreal experience walking in uh, and I actually got to the to the show a bit late and it was probably I don't know maybe uh, the nine o'clock show uh, during the week and honestly there was probably no more than 30 to 40 people maybe 50 watching the show uh, maybe some had watched before this was a port intensive cruise and so and it was an older crowd that was um, that was on the ship as well so so maybe people uh, turned in a bit early but it was very surreal to go into this headliner type show and there'd be almost nobody there. So I kind of felt badly for the performers, but, uh, but it was a very good show it, it didn't seem to bother them. The show must go on and, and they did a very good job. So, um, uh, and then I saw, uh, throughout the ship, you know, some musical acts in the lounges and that sort of thing. And all, once again, were very good, relaxing. And, uh, except for the blazing boots, which was quite a high energy show. Yeah. But um, the, the entertainment overall, I'd say, was quite good.
2: Let's talk about the sea days on board. Now, We normally ask about crowds and congestion, but at 40%, I'm going to assume that wasn't a problem.
1: <laughs> it wasn't at all. You know, they only did allow four people in the elevator, although that's what the sign said, four people in an elevator um, at a time. And so you would think that that would really cause a, back, uh, a backup of uh, people waiting to get on elevators, especially where we were on the on some of the top floors, So, but it wasn't. And most people did obey those, uh, those restrictions, despite the fact that we were all vaccinated and we did all test negative. Uh, we all also had to wear masks on the ship. That's an EU rule, not an NCL rule. But we all had to be masked on the ship, except when we were in dining rooms or or if you were outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're right. There were no backups whatsoever getting on board, getting off at uh, at ports, on the elevators, no lines anywhere. The downside of that, I, I, I thought, was it made it a little bit more difficult maybe to have conversation in the lounges and that sort of thing, because the tables were set apart from each other. You know, it, w- it wasn't really conducive to striking up a conversation uh, with people that were sitting near you because often there weren't people that were sitting that close to you. Mm-hmm. So that would uh, that might be the only downside uh, for some folks. It was, it was a bit for me. It was more difficult to connect with some people in venues that you typically would have conversation with others.
2: As far as the casino, how was the smoke situation in and around it? Did you notice that at all?
1: Yeah, well, I, I do tend to go into the casino for a few hours here and there. And uh, there was no smoking in the casino at all. Mm -hmm. Um, They did have a smoking section, uh, a a little bar type place called the Pit Stop, which was sort of toward the front of the ship on the same deck as the pool. And um, so if you were walking by that, uh, that particular restaurant outside, you could You could smell some smoke or you saw some people smoking, but no smoking whatsoever was allowed in the ship. And, of course, on the balconies or anything, there was no smoking either. And by the way, the casino also uh, was was very empty. Most of the time, There were very few people inside the casino um, at any given time. And again, it may have been because it was a very poor, intensive um, cruise.
2: I think the important question is, did it pay out at all? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, uh, the last day I was there, I was playing I was playing video poker for very low stakes, I think a penny or two, uh, multiple hands. And I did hit a royal flush on the last day I was there. <laughs> so awesome. that sort of made up for the losses that I had the, 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 in the few days prior. All right, let's talk about your ports of call. Where did you go first? So uh, the first day we stopped in Crete, uh, Heraklion, is, I, I believe is the name of the port. Um, and it, you know, it's one, it's the largest of the Greek islands. And what we chose to do was simply take a hop on hop off. We were only there for a short time, about seven or eight hours. So we took the hop on hop off around the Island or around the, the central part of, 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 the city. Um, and one of the highlights for us is eating the authentic Greek food. And there were plenty of places to choose from in the central part of the city. So we were able to have lunch, uh, get back on the ship and, and, um, uh, and it, that was about the size of it for Crete. So it it was a very nice day. I will tell you though, Doug, so that I don't have to keep repeating this, that we didn't have any rain the entire time we were there. We were nice. very lucky because we heard it rain the week before. Mm-hmm. And we subsequently we found out it rained the week later. We had no rain at any of the ports. We had brilliant sunshine, very, very lucky for uh, mid to late October. So it was sunny in every port.
2: Awesome. And then after uh, Crete? Yeah.
1: Well, we went to the island of Rhodes, which was very interesting. We we took a uh, uh, shore excursion to uh, the Acropolis in the town of Lindos, which was about a half-hour bus ride from the port. Um, we didn't know until we got on the bus when the tour guide told us that it was 300 steps to get up to the top. And I'm a bit intimidated by steps, and, uh, but, but it was fine. 300 steps, it sounds like a lot. It is a lot, but... Uh, but we walked up to the top of the Acropolis and, and the payoff was amazing. Uh, to see the town of uh, Lindos, which is a whitewashed town uh, on roads and overlooking the, uh, the Mediterranean, absolutely beautiful. It doesn't necessarily, uh, it's, it's probably a step down from the Acropolis in Athens, but nonetheless, it was very impressive to see this. One of my favorite stops on the, on the, uh, on the cruise.
2: Are you a researcher or are you just booking the cruise line excursions and going with whatever they have to offer?
1: We did quite a bit of research uh, prior to going. This particular cruise, we stayed with uh, most of the excursions. We didn't go mm-hmm. off on our own. We have in the past, but this particular cruise, we did uh, stick with the excursions that were offered by the, cruise, okay. by the cruise ship.
2: Gotcha. And then after Rhodes, where'd you go? We went to
1: Mykonos. It was, uh, despite being sunny, it was very windy that day. And we went. Uh, we took a thirty-minute ferry ride to the island of Delos, which uh, uh, which has a lot of archaeological significance to it. There was a, it was an island. It's uninhabited now, but at one point it had about thirty thousand people on it, and many of the ruins are still there. Um, and it was about a two-hour tour from a, a certified tour guide that the uh, from the Greek government. Absolutely excellent. Probably the highlight of all the excursions that we took. If you like history and that sort of thing archaeological ruins it was definitely the place to go absolutely amazing place we were so glad that we went there
2: you know you said something that kind of reminded me of when i was over there in 2017 you said um a greek tour guide from the greek government it seems like a lot Mm -hmm. of the tour guides over there are like they're sanctioned and they get their certificates from the government to say they can actually be a tour guide
1: Yes, in most cases, that's true. In fact, I asked the woman that was giving the tour what her credentials were because she was so good at everything. I mean, she just knew everything and she clearly was an expert. And not only was she sanctioned by the Greek government, but she had a four year degree in, uh, in in travel and tourism. Wow. And, uh, and, and so after getting the degree, she then took a test provided by the Greek government that allowed her to do this type of tour very knowledgeable you know, she was, she was, uh, many questions were posed to her without hesitation. She answered all of them in detail. She, she was just fantastic. Nice. And, um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's just a credit to, uh, those tour guys to learn all of this stuff. It, it, it's amazing what they're able to do and what they know.
2: Mm-hmm. And then after Mykonos, what was on deck next?
1: Well, the next stop was Olympia, which was the birthplace of the Olympics. And I think the port is called Katakalon. Uh, we had been there uh, a few years ago so we decided to stick around in the town the town only has about 500 people in it uh and and the uh, olymp the olympic birthplace is about an hour away so so there's really not a great deal to do in the town but they do have a few things set up where you can tour some of the shops uh, they had a little uh, train that went through the town and showed you a winery and a few other highlights of the town a couple of beaches it was more of a quiet day we thought that that day. Uh, we could utilize some of the features of the Haven. Um, and w- so we got back on the ship fairly early and, um, and, you know, uh, use the hot tub and the, and the, and uh, the sauna in the, uh, in the Haven area. And there was nobody that no, pretty much nobody on the ship. Everybody got off that day. So almost had the whole ship to ourselves. Nice. Just a quiet awesome. day.
2: And uh, yeah. how many, how many more stops you have one or two more?
1: There's two more. The next one was in Corfu and we just did another hop on, hop on, hop off. Corfu was interesting. There were four other ships there that day. We very rarely saw other ships in ports, uh, but there were four ships besides us in Corfu. Um, so there were quite a few people there. It's a, it's a robust town, the most populated of the places we went. They have a, a, a vibrant boulevard where many local people uh, go for coffee, coffee shops and that sort of thing. And they have an old town where you can walk around with winding cobblestone-like streets and, and with plenty of shops and restaurants. Very nice, interesting place to go.
2: Gotcha. And then where was your final port?
1: The final port was Santorini. And um, again, there was very, there were very few people there. There was only one other ship uh, besides us. We took an excursion to uh, the town of Ea, which you probably know is one of the most uh, picturesque places um, in Greece, if not the world. And, I had been to Ea some years ago also, uh, but it was just flooded with tourists. This particular time, there was nobody there. Uh, the streets were empty, which was perfect. All of the places that people typically stop and take pictures, there was no line. You could just step right up, take a selfie, take, take some wonderful pictures and, and, uh, without the crowds. It was quite an experience. It, it was really, uh, um, something that typically doesn't happen in these highly visited uh, tourist areas. Very, very lucky that we were there at that time.
2: Yeah, it's it's funny because you know if you take a Norwegian cruise in the Caribbean, they're going to throw two to three sea days on you on a seven night cruise. But uh, they have you balls to the wall over there in uh in Europe for a seven night, huh?
1: They certainly do. You you kept going, kept going, and yeah, it was uh, it was nonstop.
2: Yeah. yeah. And- no rest for the weary there. So you make your way back to Athens. How was your disembarkation process?
1: Well, you know, when the day we were in Corfu, two days before we left, everybody on the ship had to be tested again uh, for COVID. So uh, they set that up. Uh, they they did it by groups because we kept hearing it over the loudspeaker. It was a different process for those in the haven. We all met in the one of the restaurants in a two hour window and everybody had to be tested. So you get your paperwork the day, the day before you leave, it's a, uh, a, a testing that you tested negative, getting off the ship was, it, I mean, it was, it was no problem at all. Interestingly, the only issue that we had with the elevators during the entire trip was on that last day because we were on the 14th floor. You couldn't have more than four people in the elevators. And so we, we waited quite a while, but it was really no big deal. Um, you know, we the Haven guests met uh, in one of the lounges on the ship, and then we were escorted off. There were plenty of taxis outside to bring you to the airport. Um, the whole process, you know, I I say there was a little more congestion. The whole process probably took no more than a half an hour, you know. I mean, it it was relatively simple in the grand scheme of things, but for this ship, it was probably the most congested of all the experiences that we had. You know, Norwegian does offer uh, transportation to the airport, that sort of thing, but it's always nice, I think, to, uh, if you can take a taxi and pump a little money into the local economy that way and and, and help out one of the drivers that that really fight for fares. And the the prices are quite competitive. It probably is cheaper to take a taxi, which is what we did. And this particular taxi driver was very nice and and was happy that we enjoyed our time in Greece, stopped on the way to the airport, got us some coffee and some baklava on him. and, And we had a nice conversation on the one hour ride back to the airport.
2: Man, that was pretty cool having the, the driver get you that coffee uh, on the way there on him, too. Wow.
1: It was. He was quite a character. He was just happy that we had a good time in Greece. He was a very proud uh, a Greek man, and I think he was happy that we enjoyed being in his country. And it was sort of his way of saying, you know, he, he, this is who we are. I'm glad you had a good time. It, it was very kind of him, yes.
2: Yeah, that's very cool. Do you have any first-time tips to offer anyone who may
1: be considering booking a suite in the haven? You know the thing is, I've cruised in the Haven before, and the only tip I would give people, and I think people know this for the most part, is just be kind to to uh, to the people that work in there. Oftentimes, well, I, I shouldn't say often, but I have seen people who, you know, uh, uh, just want somebody at their beck and call all the time, and and, and sometimes it can be a little bit condescending and and off putting. I mean, be appreciative for what you have. You're living you're living a week in in in, in an opulent room and and it's wonderful. Be kind to the people that are that are serving you. That's about the only tip that I would have.
2: You know, that, that what you just said is 100% true. I was um, last month at one of the islands down, one of the private islands. I won't say which island or what ship I was on, but we all had a cabana that came with a butler. And mm-hmm. there were a couple of people in in the group that were running this poor butler ragged. I'm like, put all your drinks together and have him make one trip. He's going all the way down the damn beach. Don't just like say, okay, I want this just, just to have him running because you have a butler. It's kind of messed up, you
1: know? It is, it is, you know, it is so important to just realize that these people work hard and um, it's, and you're very lucky and and, and privileged to be in, in this section of the boat. And you just have to keep that in mind, I think. Yeah,
2: no, for sure.
1: Well, looking back, what was the biggest highlight of your cruise? Well, I did enjoy Delos, I, I and as well as the Acropolis at Lindos. But I have to say, the thing that surprised me most was the anxiety, and maybe that's too strong a word. But it, but for lack of one better, the anxiety of getting tested prior to getting on on the ship and that exhilaration when, when you get the negative result. And, and we talked about that with other cruisers and, and it's one of the things that people really don't consider a, a, is, is being a highlight, but, um, but it's such a relief, even though, you know, you're fine, you feel fine. Getting that green light to get on the boat was, uh, was the most exhilarating, but in terms of the, of the, uh, stops, I would say Delos and the Acropolis at Lindos were, were, uh, Were really remarkable places to see. Walter, what
2: would you say to someone who may be hesitant about cruising in a startup environment?
1: Well, you know, that's one thing that I found very interesting is that you you really do feel safe. I know there's been some reports of people that that, that have tested positive for COVID on the ship. They're really good at segregating if, if that does happen. We were in a bubble. We were all vaccinated that were on the ship. We were all tested prior to getting on the ship. You couldn't have been in a more safe environment. All of the help uh, on the ship had masks on at all times. I think we were probably in as safe an environment as, as we could possibly be in. Mm-hmm. You know, so any of the uh, any of the fears or concerns we had prior to going were quickly allayed when we got on the ship and realized the extent of the bubble that we were in. So yeah. any concerns that we had prior were were long gone very shortly into the, into the, into the experience on the ship. What are your final thoughts of Norwegian Jade? Well, it was as good as I remember it. And uh, we were again, very fortunate to have a, have a room that, that allowed us a lot of uh, privacy and comfort. We were very lucky. We, We realize that, as I mentioned, Doug, I only used half of my credit from the cancellation of the cruise that I had in September. So Mm -hmm. I'm going again. I'm going uh, I'm planning another cruise with the rest of my credit. And I plan to leave at the end of February out of uh, Puerto Rico on the epic to uh, the Southern Caribbean, Aruba, Curacao and Bonaire. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm not going to have the anxiety that I had <laughs> prior to getting on the ship. I, I, I now realize that everything is just fine.
2: You'll have to uh, check in with us once you get back from that epic sailing. We've been talking with Walter about his seven-night Greek Isles cruise aboard Norwegian Jade. Walter, welcome home, and thank you so much for sharing this review with us, my friend. Thanks very much
3: for your time. Take care. All right, Dougie. Let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up.